first of all, have you slept at all since season five premiered? I got a couple hours of sleep, but like, no, not really. <laughs> I was going to say, I saw a lot of uh, activity on Twitter, which is great. It's like a big celebration, I'm sure. Uh, I could not. I could not tear my eyes off of it. <laughs> uh, the first thing I want to ask then, spoiler related, I believe you and some of the crew uh, literally have a piece of Shira lore now as a tattoo, but where did that design for the failsafe originally come from? Sort of like, you know, as soon as we developed the idea of the heart of Assyria, I think the idea of, you know, different kinds of meanings for the word heart was becoming a bigger part of our writing process. And the crew had been talking about getting um, First Ones writing tattoos for a long time. And then one day we were just like, you know, we have to do this. And it's actually like, it had a lot of meaning for me because that was like, I don't remember exactly. I think I might have, like, that might have been the day that I actually heard that I was going to be able to have this ending with Katra and Adora. And so getting the word heart tattooed was, like, really meaningful to me because it's, you know, a, a bigger sort of, you know, it's about love and it's about, like, the heart of the show, which is these two characters. Um, but that's also, you know, that's the failsafe. The failsafe is also the word heart. Um, and so it just became like, it just became a word that was really meaningful to me, especially. Um, and I just wanted to, you know, have a little memorial for it on my skin. <laughs> Very cool. And I'm sure you won't be alone out there. I'm sure a lot of people, uh, you'll be seeing that a lot at conventions for years to come, I'm sure. <laughs> um, I found it really interesting, actually, as soon as I finished watching season five, uh, as I was collecting my thoughts and kind of reeling from the whole thing, but trying to, you know, get myself together, uh, I went back and I started it over. So I went back and I watched the first couple episodes to start, you know, right from the beginning. I found it interesting that the series started with The Sword, Part 1 and Part 2, ended with Heart, Part 1 and Part 2. And I believe you scripted both of those book-ending episodes. So why was it important for you to not only start off your version of Shira, but also to end it? sort of been, um, the relationship between Katya and Adora has always been really, really close to my heart. Um, and I, I always sort of claimed those episodes for myself. Yeah. Uh, it was something that I, I found really interesting and I really wanted to explore. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a journey that I've taken with, you know, our entire amazing writing staff, but it is also one that, like, I just really wanted to um, just have the ability to just like be the one to tie all those threads back uh and really like you know there are a lot of parallels to episodes from season one and you know part of it was just out of like selfishness honestly just being like i have to be the one to do this uh but it was also like it was really meaningful for me to be able to sort of like both be able to you know begin and end their story in this show Absolutely. And yeah, in, in watching those early episodes, too, having just watched the finale, there's a lot of uh, narrative kind of parallels. There's a lot of visual parallels that I, you know, probably wouldn't have picked up on because I couldn't remember watching, you know, 18 months ago when the first episodes came out. But it's been a really cool experience to go back and watch it from the beginning now that we know the whole story. Yeah, that's the way you look at it. <laughs> yeah. Um, before we get to, obviously, the relationships that kind of have great payoff in this final season, I want to focus a little bit on, you know, we've spent this series watching uh, the young heroes kind of struggle as they grow up, but the final episodes have time carved out to see them kind of rise to the challenges, interestingly imposed by their parents or their mentors. So figures like Micah or Shadow Weaver. 
Can you talk a little bit about the differences between those two characters and, and how you wanted them to play out in these final episodes? I think in our characters, every single one of them deals with different kind of pressure from the people who kind of shaped them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Weaver is a huge one because she's sort of had a effect on so many of our characters. Um, and there's a whole episode about like all the people that she has kind of like kind of damaged um, with her with her manipulation. It's like, you know, Blummer's entire family and Catherine and Dora. Um, but I, the whole show is about, even for characters who, like, have a positive relationship with their parents, like, I think Glimmer's relationship with Angela and Micah is is positive, but it still is, like, her striving to be her own person and to step out of their shadow because everyone is always looking at her as the daughter of the queen who's not, like, as powerful or as the daughter of a sorcerer. And, like, having her claim her own future, all of the characters claim their own future, and that means even if they continue to have a positive relationship with those with those figures, it they take that important step that is like, this is who I am. This is who I am going to be. This is maybe who you wanted me to be or who you thought I was going to be or who I thought I had to be, but this is who I really am. And so all of those characters sort of deal with that. I mean, Bo as well, like he's had that story in his life with his dad, even though, again, he has a positive relationship with them. Is it still like these characters are really setting out on their own? They're truly adults at this point. They're, they're deciding who they want to be for the rest of their lives. And I think for Adora and Catra, they've had such a toxic relationship with Shadow Weaver, and she has, like, messed them up so deeply for years. And, like, it just, I, I think that it's its something that I think is going to be a little controversial, but I really don't consider Shadow Weaver as having been redeemed, even though she sort of goes out on this one good action. Um, it's not like, I, I don't think that she, I don't think that that erased everything that she did to these two people. But I think that she gave them what they needed to move forward and to, you know, continue their lives without her in it, which, you know, I felt that we needed to do in a way that was somewhat affirming for both of them. Um, and so, yeah, it is just this theme of the show, I think, which is like all of these characters are inheriting some kind of mantle from somebody in, in lots of different ways. Um, but really, they have to figure out how to be different from those people that they're inheriting the mantle from. And it's it's a theme of the show that is just, you know, it, it's one of the central themes of the show. That's really well said. But speaking of relationship stuff, huge, huge payoffs and dividends uh, in this final season here for everybody who's been waiting for everybody to pair up uh, for five seasons. So we've got Bo and Glimmer. We've got Seahawk and Mermista. We've even got kind of an interesting relationship with Entrapta and Hordak. And then obviously Catradora. But... Did you know from the beginning how everybody was going to pair off, or is that something that kind of developed over time? That was something I think that it was uh, starting the show. There was definitely like um, Catherine and Dora. I think was was the sort of our, our OG uh, pairing, um, and then I think it, I knew which direction I wanted it to go in, but I also wanted to be sensitive and make sure that it's really like you can't, I don't think you can really try and like force those relationships if it's not working or if it's not really hitting. And so I wanted to keep it open-ended enough where like, if it felt more natural for them to go in a different direction or for them to end up with someone else, that they were sort of free to do that. But we did, I, I think all the couples that you listed, we like knew pretty early on. I think that's how it tends to work with stories. But sort of the one that you like latch onto the earliest 
this is definitely not a hard and fast rule, but it does tend to be the one that you kind of like hold a little closer to your heart. So yeah, there were a few things that developed um, sort of naturally or as a result of like conversations with the crew. I think Scorpion Perfuma, even though that one's a little more uh, subtle, it was one that was like, it wasn't a plan earlier on, but it kind of developed during the course of the show. Um, and then Bone Glimmer, I, I think that it, their friendship, and I, this is what I love about it, honestly, it, they're so close, and it's always just like kind of wobbling on that line between romantic and platonic. Like, they have this very close, very, like, you know, very touchy-feely relationship where it's clear that they're, like, you know, they mean the world to each other, but it was never clear, like, what that love actually was for them. And I don't think they knew, because that's kind of, you know, when you're best friends with someone, it's hard to define those feelings sometimes. Um, And so it really wasn't until, I think, that second-to-last episode where they tell each other that they love each other, and that was in the script, but... We hadn't really decided if it was going to be a romantic moment or not. Um, and it wasn't until Karen was actually recording that line, and she just asked me. She's like, is this romantic? Should I read this romantically? And it was like the moment where it's just like, you have a choice to make. And I was just like, yeah, do it. We're going for it. And um, and it came out so beautifully. Like Again, I think that there's sort of a mirror to Catcher and Adora, where it's like two people who have you know been each other's person for as long as they can remember, but needed to grow apart, needed to grow in their own ways apart from each other and then come back together and repair like a relationship that always had like issues with it or, or a friendship that was always equal. Um, and now it's like, you know, Glimmer has put a lot of work into making sure that like Bo is being taken care of as well, because like, I think she always kind of took him for granted in that way. And they, they've made huge strides and like, seeing them be able to end up together, uh, it just felt right. And it seemed like it seemed like the time, you know? I do. And actually, man, where to even begin with Adora and Catra? I definitely want to leave on, on that note because we get to see kind of a future for the best friend squad, even if it's just a possible future or a vision. What's maybe a message from you to the fans of Catra and Adora about being able to bring this friendship, this contested relationship, and now this romance finally kind of full circle? What would you like to maybe say to the fans of that particular relationship? I think I'd like to start by, you know, just thanking everybody who believed in it this whole way, because I really wasn't sure if if they would. I, I, there's a lot of seasons where things get really rough between them, and there's not a lot of, like, positive interaction to go on. Um, and it's something that it's like, it was a risk, I think, to put them through the amount of angst that they've been through and still have that romance feel, you know, earned and believable but I, I really felt that we had to i mean like i said it's 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 the sort of more angsty version of bow and glimmer where it's like two people who meant the world to each other but really were also kind of codependent in a way that was not very healthy for them and like katra entire just like her entire world was centered around adora and then that was really like the cause of this like fracture in their relationship was like adora leaving and like expressing to Katya that Katya was not the center of Adora's world. Like, that is what has basically caused all the conflict in the show. And it's like, they needed to get worse before they got better. They needed to get farther apart before they could come back together. And the ability to actually, like, bring it through in the end and get all of those moments and get that final climax with them that, like, I have been vibrating, just, like, waiting to be able to unleash 
it is so rewarding and and to know that people you know never lost faith in their their ability to heal even after everything that they've been through um and for me it's just really really it is it's it's huge to have a character who makes so many mistakes like Hatcher has and has done so many things wrong and then have her choose to 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 try and change and to try and become a better person and to try and like you know really repair these relationships in her life and um it's really satisfying i think to be here at the end and and have it all out there and i'm really really glad that the fans have been responding to it positively and um yeah it's it's a little piece of my heart it was absolutely satisfying and very rewarding to see that payoff at the end and it even more so to be able to go back to the beginning and watch it again knowing how everything ends up. All those things kind of line up and it's just, it's been a fantastic experience. So uh, thank you once again and uh, please go enjoy your well-earned celebration this weekend uh, now that Shira's out for everybody to see. Thanks again. Thank you.